Hello and welcome to this week's episode on 2020 learning and you'll have a sneak preview of the book I'm working on and the book is called Compassion Transcends the Death of a Loved One and part of the chapter I'll be focusing on this week is about emotions. What is emotional intelligence? This is what we're going to cover this week and it won't be an in-depth because there have been several books written on the subject so I would just have a look at an overview. So emotional intelligence is not from a cognitive perspective or from the brain, it's from a emotional perspective. So you don't have to be an expert because the whole object of this um, particular episode is about how we can uncover our own emotions and how we can actually understand our emotions uh, simply and how we can uh, maybe let go of some of those emotions. Now from the Western perspective, uh, particularly in the UK, the Victorian used to say you know we need to keep a tight upper lip uh, we need to uh, keep our uh, effects or emotions under control that is a very old fashion but it does persist in uh, not just the UK but in other cultures now when it comes to an emotional intelligence it's your journey no one else's so there is no right or wrong way of actually understanding your emotions. And simply put, your emotions are from you inside your body. Now, how do we understand what our emotions are? It's a discovery. And how we um, interpret our emotions can be an easy process maybe a difficult process, or we could be stuck at times. Now, to give you an idea of how emotions are so varied throughout cultures, if you had a Japanese individual, and I've had the pleasure of going to Italy, or, um, sorry, an Italian um, culture, and contrast it to Japan, the way the individuals would display their emotions would be vastly different. There is no right or wrong way. But the underlying um, foundation of this episode is to understand what you perceive happening inside your own body. It boils down to awareness and what it means to you personally. And this is through your life experiences and it's only you that can define them and what they mean to you and you are the expert 
not the psychologists, uh, not the doctors, but it is down to you. Now, because emotional intelligence is a lifelong journey, we keep on changing and evolving. We have different uh, challenges, so different emotions and situations will be completely new and some of these experiences will be new from within our body. I'll let you read your paragraph from the book. It says it quite concisely. It said emotional intelligence varies in the type of personality and the biological systems. And again, that is several books you can read on that, which will influence a person. Now, understanding all this information can be confusing and knowing where to start may be daunting. But the first step is always to start with your own personal emotions of how you perceive and what you feel, feel inside your own body. Accepting your feelings and your emotions unconditionally. Now, there are lots of reasons why people repress or suppress or even run away from their emotions. We don't have time to go into the details of that. But when you have emotional intelligence, you are inquisitive. You want to understand, well, what's happening in my body and how can I relate to that in terms of my life? So we're going to see one of the two of the, the major blocks, I would say, from people being emotionally intelligent um, today is, and I would put myself in that category for over 48 years, I was all in my head. And um, they talk about empathy. I had cognitive empathy. So I knew what I saw, but I didn't feel what I saw. And uh, this is a common thing for uh, a lot of individuals in the Western society. And we'll explain uh, several reasons why this happens. But one of the books I um, read, which was so um, comforting to me, explained the science of why I was in my head for 48 years. And it wasn't into the traumatic loss I had that actually woke me up. And uh, basically what happens is the ego or the brain part of us, the prefrontal cortex, the, wants to um, take complete control of who we are. And uh, through stress and difficult childhoods, very often the executive um, control in the um, the brain there can be damaged or we can say it would probably better to say out of sync and that's what happened to me I was completely out of sync I wouldn't think before I would say things I wouldn't feel other people's emotions and uh, that was my journey so that's one reason of why people are not emotionally intelligent is because of the brain taking over and uh, another another major reason is that emotions are energy and energy needs to flow in and out of your body. And sometimes with PTSD, we've had traumatic experience. This basically 
switches on the HPA axis, the nervous system, and we are in either the fight or the flight mode. And uh, we continue to operate from that system, not being fully present. And this is another reason why we can't access our true emotions. And sometimes when we're in that mode, we go to extremes of our emotional perception. But take away, there's no judgment on that. But if you understand, well, why can't I be that? And there are reasons why we uh, maybe not fully in tune with our, our emotions. And it can be. The brain is such an amazing um, mechanism. You can reprogram your brain or you can actually cure your brain. They call it neuroplasticity. So it can help you to be the authentic you. And in the the ideal world is when your your ego or your brain part and your heart are in complete synchronization they work together so you feel the situation then you perceive the situation and you make a a correct assessment of the situation and i'm telling you um, even the top monks who've been meditating and really focusing on their um, their states at times lose uh, their control of their emotions so don't be too hard on yourself if you feel that there's no way that you'll be able to process or even understand your emotions so that gives you an overview there of why maybe you're struggling to um, process or connect with your emotions and very often when you've had a loss this could be one of the catalysts the final straw of why you are where you are now we're going to go through a step-by-step -step process to help you identify your feelings your sensations and your emotions basically how we translate these effects in our body i'd like to read you from the book uh, a paragraph on the first step is to slow down and I think if I read you from the book it probably uh, be a lot clearer rather than me being ad-lib that recognizing and identifying anything takes time with observation life is not a rush to the finishing line imagine you are visiting a dear friend whose art is on display for the first time the years of patience and perseverance in perfecting their skill produces some excellent work. And in brackets, if you struggle to slow down in life, this is a good hobby to explore. Back to the paragraph, it says, You are in the gallery and you come to the room where your friend has their art on display. Your friend's eyes are lit up with keen anticipation of your observation and appraisal. Would you honestly say a three-second window quickly glancing at each piece of art would be sufficient? Even if you're not interested in art, because you care about your friend, you would explore the art with a curious mind. Here is the punchline. Your friend's art is your body. And you are the curious observer coming from a place of love and care so this is the first point is to slow down and to take time out of uh, your schedule 
just at least five minutes a day to process what's happening inside your body and the more you connect to your body then the more in tune you'll be with it so the next step is how does it feel now take away all the judgments there are no good or bad emotions that is just a fallacy emotions are what they are and um, emotions can mean different things to different people and sometimes you may have a mixture of emotions which are present now the, the important thing here is to the next stage step three is to separate your thoughts and the feelings very often, if we're not used to sitting in the quiet and not thinking of anything, our mind may be rushing like a Formula One car. Can you imagine like a Formula One race, racing driver? They don't want to go into the stop pits. They want to win the race. But life is not a race. Um, that's a, a very pivotal point to take away from today's podcast. If anything else is to slow right down, then you can be present so when you slow down is to separate your thoughts from your feelings this could be quite difficult um, but like any exercise the more you practice the easier it will become now if you suffer with depression or anxiety this would be more highly prevalent to you in this quiet state of mind and if it is a difficult process to just connect to your body and your emotions and it is causing you a lot of distress i would recommend that you see a therapist or a very supportive friend who can um, help you discover what's going on inside your body now step four is describe the feeling and the emotions candidly maybe a notepad or on your phone is to write down what you feel in your own language and when you do this speak as a compassionate friend take away the judgments it may be an emotion that you are unfamiliar with or you don't know or maybe an emotion that you don't like trying to put it in colorful language be descriptive because the emotional intelligence is an observer and the observer is you. Step five, let go of the feelings with love. And I think it would be good if I read straight from the book. It says, before you start this step, it is important that you are in a stable frame of mind. The emotions are energy, or you could say they are like fire. Fire is an excellent tool if it's used with care but accidents uh, will damage and hurt you if they're not used carefully in psychology the term projection is when a person unleashes words and sometimes actions with no awareness at times we all do this but by not processing our feelings correctly we can damage ourselves and others this is seen with the emotion of anger you see often in car rage or domestic abuse the build-up or a habit of expelling rage onto others because of anger causes division 
Anger is important because it's useful to motivate you and to alert you to something dangerous has happened. For example, the death of a loved one will bring up anger for many reasons. One could be safety in numbers. One member of the tribe is dead and some of your needs may have been serviced by that individual. So I'll explore more about this in a next chapter of my book. Now, step six is how to let go. Now, there is no right or wrong way of um, processing your emotions. But very often it's dependent on the setting and the timing of when we can let go of these emotions. And there are lots of different strategies and it's always uh, important to bear in mind others' feelings, as I mentioned earlier in step five, and not to project onto others your anger or your hate or your other um, difficult feelings that you're processing. Now, when you process these emotions, it allows space within your heart for love to grow. So how can we uh, maybe release or let go of emotions? Well, there's lots and lots of different techniques and you have to try and find a way which is good for you individually. And it depends on where you are and what stage of life you're in and what works for you. So again, there is no right or wrong way of doing this. I have friends and I have a friend, he laughs all the time. And I always say there's an expression, we can either laugh or cry. And that's a way of releasing this energy or this emotion that we have. Um, other way is through music. We can relate to other musicians because they have similar feelings to us. And this can help us to uh, release some of these emotions, sometimes in films and in books. But the important thing is, is not to wallow in these emotions. It's important that we don't get stuck with these emotions because the brain uh, is like a machine. It will continue the same pattern or the cycle, but only you know how you actually feel. So again, there is no uh, right or wrong as regards to the length of time of how you're feeling in this particular situation. Now, the seventh step here is to reflect and praise yourself because if you're not used to being aware of your emotions and processing your emotions, it is amazing that you've come this far because a lot of people are frightened or they are not sure if they can handle this. So always be on the positive side of where you are. And when you make an appraisal of yourself, maybe write down uh, how you feel about this to express your emotions. And then in the next section of the podcast, we're going to look at ways of how we can use expressing emotions in a creative way. 
the joy of allowing emotions to flow through our soul is we can be authentic despite the pain that we may feel at that time which will shape our journey on this earth now to really help us understand the whole aspect of this podcast i'm going to read 10 quotes from creative individuals who lived on this earth and it really emphasizes how we benefit from the expression of uh, emotions and these individuals have used their heart to connect to the rest of the world first one is by van gogh who was an artist and he said I put my heart and my soul into my work and have lost my mind in the process. The next one is by Helen Kelly, a famous author who became deaf and blind. And she said, the best and most beautiful things in the world cannot be seen or even touched. They must be felt with the heart. Steve Jobs who started the company of Apple, he says, your work is going to fill a large part of your life and the only way to be truly satisfied is to do what you believe is great work. And the only way to do great work is to love what you do. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking. Don't settle. As with all the matters of the heart, you'll know when you find it. This is uh, Beethoven and he said, music should strike fire from the heart of man and bring tears from the eyes of a woman. Charles Dickens, the great English author said, a loving heart is the truest wisdom. Audrey Hepburn and she said, who's a famous actress, the beauty of a woman must be seen from in her eyes because that is the doorway to her heart, the place where love resides. And just a side point is when you look at someone's eyes, you can tell a million things what's going on inside their soul. George Michael, a singer, he said, you'll never find peace of mind until you listen to your heart. Pliny the Elder, or Gaius Plinius Securius, who was a Roman philosopher and commander, he said, home is where the heart is. And finally, I do love Mark Twain. He is a funny author. He said, when you fish for love, bait with your heart, not your brain. I was laughing when I researched that earlier. So, With the flow of emotions, we can use this energy in a very creative process and it can give the world your interpretation of what's happening with you. And one of the reasons why I I love music is and arts of all the different forms in genre, theatre, and I I really connect with that and I can feel the the person's passions and uh, it's very moving. So everyone, I believe one million percent has a lot to give to this planet while we're on this earth. No matter how insignificant we are, 
by expressing our emotions in a creative way, we may touch someone else's soul. And what a wonderful gift that is. And on the last section, I'm going to be very vulnerable now. I will, I like poetry and I've written a lot of poetry and written books, etc. And uh, one of my works, and I will warn you, it will have some swearing in it. Maybe you will connect or resonate with the um, poem uh, and maybe it may trigger you. So I say if it triggers you, it's good because it helps you to uncover what you're feeling inside. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I'll see you next time and I'll leave you on the next section with a piece of my work. I've decided to use a different poem because the other one was quite aggressive and it might have been offensive to a few listeners. So I decided to use something different. Now this poem's called the moon never dies. I wrote this probably about a year after my wife died. I was taking the dog for a walk in that night time. A lovely moon. And this is what I wrote. As we gaze at the moonlight sky through the darkened wood. Darkness is not alone as it should. I see the light flicker past my eyes. How many faces are staring at you? You're watching us in all what we do. Standing all alone for all to see. Memories of you and me. Some old and some new. When the love has to part, pain is often hidden in the heart. When one says goodbye, a teardrop falls from their eye. The moon will be there another night. Tomorrow will have to be a new start. The moon has shone on a million worlds on a sweetheart of a boy and a girl. They have both shared the lonely nights, hoping to see the beautiful moonlight. Right above the darkest sky, one might live, but the moon never dies.